88.1 WK and see that's the old ceremony with till my voice is gone leading off the local beat this evening and joining me in studio I have photographer Betsy Harris Betsy welcome to the local beat thank you Adam and I, I'm really sorry about traffic out there on I-40 and campus is crazy do avoid NC State's campus uh, I appreciate the personal apology yeah. on behalf of all the traffic oh my gosh <laughs> I feel responsible every week yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk My a problem. little bit about you. I mean, I see you. I, I feel like I see you at almost every single show I go to. You're, I mean, you are so dedicated to taking pictures of bands. T- can you talk a little bit about what you do? Um, most of what I do is follow local groups that play. I have a greater interest in them than the touring bands, although they're fantastic touring bands as well. And... Um, I think I started out um, looking for an excuse to be an old woman who was out by herself late at night at shows, <laughs> and I thought, well, if I have a camera, you know, maybe yeah. maybe that'll make me look legitimate, you know. Um, so is that so how you I'm, got into it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, five, six, seven years ago, not that many people took photos at shows. Right. So, um, so you were sort of the pioneer more, there. Well, it was more unique. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you put your pictures? Um, have a website a fotki mm-hmm. f-o-t-k-i website right. sort of like Flickr, um some and of the others i do believe we have a link to that on the local beat preview blog oh, yeah. so just head on over so. to wknc.org slash blog and check out the uh the blog i put up today and there is a link to betsy harris's pictures good now how many how many shows do you go to a week um in the summer we've been a little bit slower but normally i'm out about five or six nights a week now. Yeah. Sometimes it'll go eight or ten, twelve days in a row. But right. I miss my husband when I do that. So <laughs> he doesn't I come have along to stay. With you? No, he he has, as he says, he has to work. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to go. Um, have he has fun. to be up early the next morning. Mm-hmm. It's not really his his hobby. Yeah. So. Well, how did you get involved in local music? I mean, what sort of brought you in? Um, I think just probably I had. We have friends who um, play in some of the clubs here and there. Um, but ironically, I don't see them playing much anymore, but that's sort of what made me feel familiar with the fact that there was a lot of talent out there. Yeah. But my first exposure was really the, the grabber was Shakuri Hills, I think, in 2004. Oh, yeah. that and That's a legendary Shakuri Hills for yeah. sure. Yeah. So is that where you started taking pictures? Yes. How, so, yeah. So how long was it between you know getting into the local music scene and when you began taking pictures? Uh, I was taking um, what I, I still take a lot of snapshots, but mm-hmm. I was definitely taking snapshots then from 2004. Um, now I try to uh, weed out some of the snapshot approach right. and look more for the photography. Yeah. You know? But snapshots are cool. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and play a request by you. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about your photography and sort of your techniques and equipment and stuff like that. But uh, this is a request by you. And, and I do want to mention that throughout the evening here, we're going to be playing requests from the guest on the local beat. And this is Goodbye Titan. And this is the only <laughs> song we have by them. It's called uh, Real Life Awaits Us. It's about seven and a half minutes long, but totally worth it. Yes, is it, it not? Is. Yeah. So this is Goodbye Titan, and you are listening to the local beat.
And I hope that calms your nerves, all of you drivers out there on I-40. You know, nice, soothing music. A brilliant request here by Betsy Wake Harris. Up! Wake up! <laughs> Uh, and yes, you are listening to Local Beat. That was local band Goodbye Titan. Betsy, do you know, do they have an album out? They Not any, yet. They don't? Okay, I didn't think so. That's the only song by them I think I have. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have yeah. to wait for it some more It will be stuff. soon, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. Absolutely. There's great music always coming out yes. in the area. Let's talk a little bit uh, about what's more. I'm talking with Betsy Harris here, and, and she is a photographer, you know, by trade. I, I mean... Or is a hobby? I, I don't know. Like, yes. It's a hobby thing? It's a hobby. Okay. Um, I mean, I would love for it to be a source of income since that is my only source of right. hobby income right. anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, so do you sell your prints? Um, I don't normally print things, yeah. and I, I would sell them, but yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And but how I, could... I just don't market them. Oh, I see. So if one was to want to buy some of your amazing oh, photographs. I could be bought. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I have lots of equipment that is broken. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I really? need to replace that just to stay even Steven on yeah. that. <laughs> well, what kind of cameras do you use? Canon. Um, mm-hmm. I started with a D60 or 60D, the series numbers reversed um, in later years. And then now I'm shooting with a 20D and a 30D. Can you explain what those are to us that don't really know what cameras um, much? <laughs> I'm sorry. They're... <laughs> They're a professional line of the Canon cameras. They're, um, they're a lot of great point-and-shoot cameras, mm-hmm. and then they're sort of the mid-range, like in, in Nikon and Canon. Yeah. Canon's mid-range is the Rebel, and this is the professional line above that. But I have a sister who is a professional photographer, as is her husband. Right. So they pointed me in the right direction. Right. So did you have any training as far as photography goes, or did you just sort of learn on the go? No, painfully obvious when she's <laughs> out there trying to shoot. Yeah. But um, how long, I mean, how much do you think you've learned? Oh, you know? a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've gone from point and shoot right. to um, pretty full competence. Right. Um, and a lot of people have helped along the way, like Allie Mullen, who was a DTH um, photo editor yeah. and several people help. like that. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Uh, as far as taking pictures goes, uh, I hate it when people t- use flash. I hate flash. <laughs> like when I'm at a show and people are just like flashing away and stuff right in the band's face. I don't know. I don't know what that does to the band. I've never asked a band what that feels like, <laughs> but it annoys me in the audience. Do you ever use flash? I occasionally do. Yeah. Sometimes I'll save it for a series, like maybe at the end. I see. Or if I'm not positive that I've got fantastic photos, yeah. I might do a um, little lightning Yeah. <laughs> I remember Savannah Ford once said, my gosh, you look like a one-woman lightning show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago, yeah. though, with a point-and-shoot. Mm-hmm. Now, when you show up at concerts, how many... How much equipment do you bring with you? Oh, I bring a lot. I bring a couple of cameras. Um, generally, I bring two lenses with me, um, a 24 to 85, and then a uh, 1.4 50-millimeter fixed lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I generally have two body camera bodies with me, so I don't have to switch back and forth. Right. The camera bodies are less expensive than the lenses, actually, mm-hmm. in most cases. 
And so then ha- little point-and-shoot cameras as backup and for yeah. running video right. and whatnot. So how do you de- decide which camera to use in a situation? Um, the lighting. Oh, man, the lighting is it. Uh, there are some venues where I can't use my uh, 24 to 85 um, millimeter lens um, because I need a 1.4 or 1.8 um, to... Um, to shoot in absence of light. Right. And some of our best venues are the clubs that don't have lighting. Right. <laughs> or they've got lighting, but everyone's backlit. Mm. Or everyone is wearing black. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. nothing is showing up, uh-huh. you know. Um, or you're capturing the uh, backlights, like at the cradle, at Cat's Cradle in Harbor. Great place to shoot, but a lot of times... The lights behind are so strongly backlighting that you have you can't use your camera readings right. for that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a challenge. And as far as videos go, I mean, you do have a YouTube channel. Uh, is that mostly local bands? Yes, and music. Um, I mean, if uh, there are some uh, groups like Maserati, uh, when they played at the uh, at local five hundred six with um, or Mono, mm-hmm. uh, some groups like that. Right. So outstanding. Right. You have to post some of them yeah, as well. for sure. But most of it is the local groups. Yeah. Um, so as far as the as the recording of the songs go, I have a camera, and it re, it takes great pictures for what I need. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like fancy stuff. Like, yeah, you put me to shame. It, it oh, shows. my goodness. It's ridiculous. I... You pull out these, like, giant, like, 12-inch long lenses. And I don't <laughs> know, but I got this little, like, dinky camera. But the sound quality is terrible. What sort of camera do you use to capture good sound quality in the videos? Uh, man, I have tried a bunch. Um, what I'm currently using is a little Sony Sabershot, and it replaced one of my Kodak Z-series cameras that had really good sound quality. Um, didn't have good light pickup, but um, the Sony is about four years old, and I've tried several cameras to replace that, mm-hmm. but... They are just not nearly as good really? as that little Sony. Yeah, I've called Sony to ask them about an upgrade, and they say, "You like the microphone? Really? <laughs> we don't <laughs> normally hear that." <laughs> I'm thinking, "Gosh, interesting." Yeah. <laughs> How many cameras do you have in total? Uh, a lot. Yeah, it sounds like you yeah. do. But but um, I've got several broken professional cameras yeah. that are not repairable, um, or not several, maybe five yeah. or so. But um, quite a few little point-and-shoots, okay. flip camera, whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about your technique as far as photography is concerned? Capturing the bands in the moment, you know, live on stage. Is there anything in particular you look for when you, you know, take pictures? How do you know when to snap? Oh, do I have shot? to tell all my secrets? Oh, you don't have to. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I like, um, I think my particular aesthetic in photography is to have um, strong images. So I will take a few um, group shots, Mm -hmm. which is what I normally would take um, five, six years ago on a point-and-shoot. But what I find is the close-up is what I prefer for my particular aesthetic. And I like to stage a backdrop to that. And if I use something like a 1.4 lens, I'll have my subject in focus and everything's blurred in the background. Right. Um, that's my particular 
thing. Yeah. And then with the bad photos, I think, gosh, that's such a great expression, but it's a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> so you Photoshop those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what's going to be my next question is how much editing goes into the, the pictures you put out? Well, um, I probably should go ahead and just post pretty much the um, un. The raw image. The raw image. Raw actually is a different term in photography, but I probably should um, post those. But um, when you can tweak it a little bit, you can highlight someone's face a little more. Um, So, as um, a friend of mine, Ted, was saying in a photo um, instruction to a lot of us, he was um, indicating that as I feel the raw photo you take is just your your data collection. The analysis is what happens later. Yeah. And just uploading photos. If I get home at two in the morning, um, I'm uploading photos till about three, three wow. fifteen. And then I go through and I'm rotating these. So I don't even get yeah, to play right. with them, you know, <laughs> before I go to bed in a yeah. lot of cases. It's amazing they can't like automatically rotate. It's so I know, annoying to me. I know. Yeah. Well, they do in your camera, but yeah, in my right. upload when programs. When you upload them, they don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and listen to a couple of music. i got a, a lot of questions to ask you, Betsy. <laughs> and you are listening to The Local Beat. I'm talking with Betsy Harris, a local photographer who, I guess you specialize in uh, bands, local bands, and mm-hmm. local music, right? Yes. Well, you have a couple of requests here. Uh, we just played the um, Goodbye Titan, and you mentioned Star Mount and the White Cascade. Are you really into these sort of, like, electronica like smooth electronic yeah, stuff. Yeah, Gray Young. Well, um, um, yes, I'm into that, but I'm also into groups like the Big Picture um, mm-hmm. that Johnny Tennell. I'm so mad I missed that show. Wasso uh-huh. Trip, um, the Honored Guest, yeah. the Old Ceremony, um, Small Ponds, Small Ponds. Yeah, oh you my mentioned gosh, them earlier. Yeah, the proclivities before that, mm-hmm. and of course. Um, Caitlin Carey is is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, we are going to play some Star Mount, followed by some small ponds right here yes. on the local beat. WKNC. That was the Small Ponds. The song was called Horse on a Bus. Before that was the Vivian Twist by Starmount. All local bands because you are listening to the local beat. And those were all requested by Betsy Harris, who is joining me this hour on the local beat. She's a local music photographer and very popular in the area by far. I just had uh, an IM sent to me. WKNC request is the screen name. If you feel like chatting me up during the show. And I, it's, this is from Word to Mouth. It says, seriously, it's amazing to hear Betsy speaking on the radio. She is, in my opinion, the most valuable asset in the <laughs> local scene. Not only is she out and about more than, more than my own shadow, but she's so passionate in her photography that it shows well into the photos she's taken. Most of local music's best moments were captured by her. For her dedication to giving people beautiful windows to look into local music. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Okay, send that to me, too. I want to have that in writing. <laughs> that is beautiful. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. That's from JTO, from Death to the Details. I have to. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, Betsy, yeah, we were talking a little bit about you shooting, uh, taking pictures in different venues and stuff. So I have to ask, what's your favorite venue to take pictures in? Ooh. Where do you like to go the most? 
the this best is going to surprise me. Um, three or four years ago, I would have said Cat's Cradle. But you know who has really upped their game is Glenn Booth at Local 506. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The conditions are consistent. Normally, depending on who's running sound, but most of the people who are running sound, who also run the lights for the most part, give enough lighting so that you can shoot. And um, frankly, my easier shows to shoot end up being at 506, but also um, Nightlight. Alexis has really they done fantastic great, things there yeah, with the lighting. So absolutely. And it's, it's not, not much. It's as very minimal. Difficult. Right. It is. It's but not much at all. I can predict, and I can keep my camera set pretty consistently. Right. Yeah. So what's your worst, your least favorite oh, venue to take gosh. pictures at? I'm just throwing oh, that out there. Okay. Well, I love you, Mouse, but the cave yeah. um, is hard. And it's not because the venue, I think it's a Great place to experience mm-hmm. and listen. This to has music. nothing to do with the music at all. Correct, right. um, but uh, because it's one of those wonderful little tight, uh, intimate bars, everyone is sort of on top of each other. He's got great overhead lighting, yeah. but um, it's hard to shoot because you're so close to the band, and everyone is so close to the band, mm-hmm. or they're back somewhere in yeah. the depths of the cave, you know. But it's harder to shoot there, much harder. Now, what is your least favorite thing about taking pictures? Mm. Is it like, you know, the, the people bumping into you or the light, stuff like that? Just the lighting, the lighting, mm. the lighting in general. Um, also, you know, there are some advantages and disadvantages to the crowds at a show. If you go to a show at the cradle and it's packed, you're right there. Mm. You can move around a little bit. I don't move because I get um, find it distracting or maybe annoying when people yeah. sort of edge in and try to squeeze up at the front. So I tend to plant myself and stay there so that I don't um, push someone out of the way. Yeah. But when you go to a show and there aren't many people there, then I become aware that I'm probably stepping in front of someone. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I can move around a lot, right. but I, you know, everyone would have to shift positions. But you're not tall. That. No, I'm not. Yeah. And, and see, a lot of times people, oh, Worst venue, Reservoir. That's the hardest. Mm. Okay. Why is that? But I was thinking about that. I was at Reservoir last night. I was standing in front of some people. So uh, you'll find me sometimes crouching down. So instead of being (laughs) 5'4", I'm (laughs) 5'2". And you're always angling your cameras down. Yeah, trying to, yeah. I've watched you work. My knees are shot. So I can't get down on my knees very often. And um so it's it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what other kind of photography do you do? Do you do anything besides music, or is that really your no, sole focus? It it really is uh, just about the only thing I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like everyone. I do um, some snapshots and family things, but it's um, I don't do any macro work. I have done that. Um, uh, my sister had loaned me a really nice lens yeah. twenty years ago. Um, but I haven't shot any macro in right. 20 years, maybe. Yeah. I got to ask you, I mean, you've been doing this for several years. What are some, do you have any great stories, any fun stories, maybe bad stories about breaking equipment or anything that you might oh, be able to gosh. share? No, no great stories. Nah. So if I had to tell a story, I, I, my worst nightmare um, was 
a better ending. <clears throat> I've got a camera around my neck. I was at Jack Spratt Cafe, um, and I, I think I had just changed something on my camera a couple of days before. The strap apparently was not secure, and I've got this very heavy camera around my neck that I feel doing a slow drop to the hard oh, floor. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it did hit the floor, and it did not break, um, but that is rare. It's only because the strap gave way very right. slowly. It just sort of unthreaded yeah. a bit. That was a nightmare. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> That's not a sound you ever want to hear. You, I heard you say a couple <clears throat> times you have some broken equipment. How, did, how does your equipment break? Um, I buy used equipment because I can't afford new. Mm. Um, so I do have some new or lenses that I've bought new, but uh, generally um, I'm buying used equipment. And you don't know the history on that. You don't know um, whether it's been exposed to moisture, which is one of the problems I came across with some warranty work that right. I was hoping would be covered in, uh, or assumed would be covered. And they said, nope, beginning signs of moisture. So that's just, yeah. you know, a lot of money down the tube and i hadn't even had the camera for a year mm. um so but i buy used equipment yeah. i can't afford the new <laughs> stuff normally yeah definitely how many pictures do you take at night you're constantly taking pictures and videos right mm-hmm. how many on average in, in, in a given set i mean we're talking like typically a bands will play yeah. between eight and nine to ten songs right oh well it's probably easier to talk about how many i shoot a night i i shoot anywhere from maybe 500 to 1200 uh sometimes more like um i think it was uh i was totally destroying it that had a cd release show at cat's cradle last fall Mm -hmm. and the show was so massive it was like you know eight warm-up bands (laughs) for them um and i went through several gigabytes of, of data you know but uh, other photographers were leaving, saying, "Golly, I had to pull out another CD card." <laughs> yeah. So, what what, what makes fun. a picture you know make the cut? How do you know like that's the picture of the show? Well, most people who know me would say she's never answered that question. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons why I tend to have larger groups of photos that I post because I can go through and pick my favorite photo, but so much of what I I am doing is for someone else's joy. I have the joy of all those photos, and mm-hmm. I, I have a very hard time screening those down for myself. But when I post them, I want the band to enjoy them. I want the fans to enjoy right. them. So I might look, and photogenically, this is not a good shot, but it might be the only one I've got, or I've got someone who's laughing. And I just love seeing smiles on people. So mm-hmm. it might be a little bit yeah. blurry, but I'm going to tend to post it. Right. Or, you know, someone who's playing in the shadows in the back, I've got a great shot of them. Um, or maybe I don't have a good shot, but it's the only one I've got. So I, I have just a, a very inclusive set of criteria. Uh, I tend to include photos rather than screen them out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many? So you take a 500 pictures a night, we'll say. Uh-huh. How many of those do you actually put out on the internet? Oh, 480. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to wring hands over that 22. Yeah. Let me tell you. No, I'll, if I shot 500, I would end up um, probably with 
um, half of them I'd want to post. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on where I'm shooting. Sometimes I'm shooting and I know that I'm going to use only one shot of 10. I might be changing my f-stop or, mm-hmm. you know, um, shutter, you know, any number of factors because you're shooting in such low light that um, even with good equipment, for me, it's hard to capture. Um, I've, if I had my ideal sets of equipment, it would be a little bit easier. But I tend to shoot hoping that I will find some good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. As far as you know, going to the shows, seeing the music, watching the musicians, I mean, you're technically speaking you're working you yeah you're you're i mean throughout the concert you're constantly yeah. taking pictures you're playing with your cameras the settings changing things around do you actually get to enjoy the music i do but you know what i wasn't um as sure of this answer until about a year ago when i was listening uh, you know i also am shooting video in the left hand a lot of times and and trying yeah, right. to <laughs> and i've got a manual lens uh that i'm working with on on one of my cameras and you're trying to change all your factors yeah. with the right hand with a heavy camera <laughs> and so sometimes i find myself shooting the video and and whoops you know got the stage in there bring it back yeah. up you know but i'm listening to this later and i'm thinking good golly this group is fantastic yeah. and i'm so glad i had that video because i had forgotten how good they were or i was not able to fully take it in and that's even shooting normally right up at the stage where your sound quality for recordings is not going to be mm-hmm. optimal by any means but so yeah i do thoroughly enjoy the music but um i enjoy it even more um later right well yeah. if you're just now tuning in you're listening to the local beat right here in 88.1 wknc i'm chatting with betsy harris she's a local music photographer and she has tons of pictures out there i <laughs> If you want to find her videos, if you want to find her pictures, we do have links on the Local Beat preview blog. Just go to wknc.org slash blog. We have every week we have a preview of the day's show. And, Betsy, I put all of your links to your, uh, I think, your Twitter, okay. your YouTube, your uh, okay. Fotkey, um, all the different things. So you can find that all of this yeah. stuff everywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm sort of out there, I guess. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play some more local music. Come right back. Chat it up a little bit more. I have Karen Mann of Mansworld dot or Mansworld Jake Seaton of Music Brian Reed, uh, journalist for Shuffle Magazine and the Independent Weekly, and of course Lenny Green from Diversions at the uh, Daily Tar Hill. All coming in a little bit later after Betsy King. Right now, there's some. Uh, did I say Betsy King? Betsy Harris. I don't yeah. know what I'm saying. This is Wes Phillips with <laughs> air conditioning. I'm going crazy. WKNC, that was the Neurotics with White Man's Disease. Before that was Wes Phillips with Air Conditioning. Betsy, I want to thank you so much for coming in on the Local Beat this this evening. Thank you, Adam. This has been fun. And if you see Betsy taking pictures of the show, don't bump into her. She's busy working. (laughs) No, come up and speak, please. (laughs) But you will see her at pretty much every show you go to, I guarantee it. So thank you for what you do for the local music scene, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And now joining me in studio for the... 
whenever you want to leave, stay as long as you want. Is Karen, man, uh, you're, I guess, one of the most important, in my in my mind, people in the local music scene as far as like documenting the local music scene goes. You run a blog called mansworld.blogspot.com. How long have you been doing that? Well, I have been, well, first off, thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. very flattering that you said that. that I'm, Come on into the microphone okay. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I started the blog in 2003. Can you hear me? Uh, a little bit more for me. I started. Perfect. You're I started right the blog yeah. in 2003, and uh, for a few years, really didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Um, I, I kind of started. I was working at the News and Observer at the time, right. and I did an article for them on blogging, which was a new phenomenon. They right. said go out and find some of these bloggers and figure out what they're doing. And one of the people that I talked to said said that. Uh, in order to write this story and actually do it, I would need to start a blog. And yeah. I, so I did, and I, I chose Blogger, been doing that, um, started in 2003. We're going to switch microphones. Okay. I don't think this one's working. I can okay. hardly hear you. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Karen. We have some technical Is difficulties. Is this one working? Hey, it's what happens when you do a live show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you should we, should we start over? No, we got you. 2003, okay. you worked for the News and Observer. Yes, yeah. I was working at the News and Observer. Can I switch this so I can look at you? And yeah, talking to move it? around. All right. Okay. We'll, this we'll is get arranged page, yeah. here. People are now used to this. Block. This happens every week. We rearrange okay. microphones, get things going. All right, where was I? 2003? Yeah. Um, had the blog for a couple of years, but didn't really do much with it. Would post every now and then just about stuff here and there, usually musically related. Right. But then in 2005, I bought a, a camera that had a video component to it. And I thought, well, you know, why don't I just take some pictures of local bands because I go out a lot, yeah. and I'll put it on the blog, and it'll just be something to do. And that's how I started doing it. Yeah. Now, how did you get involved in the local music scene? I mean, that's how you got involved in blogging, but when did you start paying attention to local music? What's your history there? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I was in a band I years ago. I thought that was the way. I don't know the band name, but I knew you were in a I band. was in Chew Toy. Okay. All right. I yeah, that. I was in Chew Toy years ago, and we lived in Greensboro, but we played a lot in Chapel Hill. We played somewhat in Raleigh, but um, played in Chapel Hill, and I, I got to know a lot of bands that way. So I just knew people. Yeah. And moved to Raleigh. I, I got a job at the Independent in 1994, and ended up moving to Raleigh in order to work there, and wrote about music. Right. And so that's how it happened. Yeah. Well, you've been around for quite some time. Yes, for I have. Sure. And the whole time, like, have you been following? I mean, you must know all the local music that's happened since then, right? Well, I, you know, I, I have gaps in my knowledge. I don't know as much as people think I do, but I've, I've been around a long time. Uh, you know, I'm from North Carolina. I remember going to see Nantucket uh, when yeah, I was a kid. Nantucket. So yes, I've, <laughs> PKM, mm-hmm. great local band. Yeah. Were you around for Arrogance and? I all never saw girls. Arrogance, really? but I, I do remember hearing them on the radio. Yeah. Um, they were going to be playing at you know, Roadies or you know, the Thunderbird Lounge in Jacksonville, that sort of thing. Yeah. I had Don Dixon in on the show one time, and in the middle of the interview, his phone rang. And he's like, oh, hold on. I've got to take this. And just ran out of the studio, and I was just like, Don Dixon, everybody. <laughs> that made you feel important, didn't it? Yeah, I felt great after that. I've said this, but you are seriously one of the most important bloggers the most important documenters that we have in the area. I mean, you are prolific. You post almost every day. You have you go to tons of shows, pictures, you have videos, everything. You put MP3s out there. Where does your Where does your passion come from? Where do you get that? Well, 
Um, I, I've actually slowed down recently because, uh, and not really meant to. I go through stages with it. I get really into it and want to go out a lot, and then I just get tired of it and say, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't care because I, you know, it's just for me. I'm, I'm not getting paid for it. So yeah, if I go right. two weeks without posting, no one's going to get on me. But I do feel bad about it. My passion for it. I think honestly, I kind of started doing it to have something to do at a show. Yeah. Which sounds dumb, but you know, you go and you stand up front. And it gives you something to do with your hands besides just put your arms yeah. and cross them in front of your chest. Which and, is what I do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, when I hear a band that I love, it just, it's, you know, it's magic to me. I just, and there are so many good local bands now. I think right now we're at the best time we've ever been for local music around here. Really. Yeah. And so I just, I hear a great band and I think like Max Indian and I want the world to know about them. Right. You got to share it. You got to get yeah. it out there for everybody. Yeah. Now, so as far as, like, posting goes, how often do you typically post? Uh, recently, it's probably been once or twice a week. I tried to get into a routine of doing the shows of the week on Tuesday, and that's, that's fallen off recently. I'm going to get back on that. Yeah. Uh, the five questions, which I was doing for New Raleigh. I started that for them right. and then decided to move that over to my own blog. Um, MP3s of the week or MP3s of whenever, you know. Yeah. Uh, usually on Fridays, which didn't happen today. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I say that I'm doing all these things yeah. at certain days, and then I don't actually. Life do catches it. up to you sometimes. I know. I know. Yeah, no but yeah, and then, um, well, I also about a year and a half ago, I got another job, and the job I had before, my schedule was perfect. I'd go in at 11 a.m. and get off at about eight, and go out, see a band, stay out till two, get up, and be okay for work. Yeah. And now I need to be at work at about 7:30. And so it really has, it's cut down on going out. Definitely. And uh, I've definitely noticed that on the blog. If I go out on a Thursday night, if I go to uh, the Tiernano uh, show on Thursday, then mm-hmm. usually Friday I just have to stay home. Yeah. Well, I mean, that show only goes to like midnight. Still, you yeah. get up, you, you get home at one. <laughs> Maybe I'm just younger. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well, I had like two hours of sleep last well, night. Well, my thing so. is after the show, then you just always go over to the landmark or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah you got to have some post-show beers and stuff exactly. like that. As far as like music goes, um, you have a tendency, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, you have a tendency for more hard metal, heavy metal bands, hard rock bands. Do you think that's true? I, absolutely. I mean, I think my first love is metal. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of different kinds of music. I think the only thing I don't really like is, everyone says it, is you know, Nashville country. And also, I don't like jazz. I've tried to like jazz and just can't get into Those are the two it. that I can't get into Yeah, either. but yeah. I definitely prefer harder bands. But I don't know if you know Kim Gray over in Durham. I do not. She, mm-hmm. uh, she was involved. She's involved with Misbehaved Records and is, you know, out and about. And Betsy probably knows her. Um but anyway, she told me one time, she, she pegged me correctly. She said, you don't like quirky. Yeah. And that's pretty much true. I've had bands send me stuff that is just really quirky sounding, mm-hmm. and they probably think it's brilliant, and they have a lot of people that love them, and it just does nothing for See, me. See, I'm a quirky kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I just I have no patience. But that's it. okay, though, because the great thing about what you do and, and what other people, other bloggers, other writers do is, like, you have you focus a quite a bit on the hard, heavy stuff, mm-hmm. and other people will focus on the quirky stuff well, and folk stuff and stuff like that. You know, I think that's what's good about this area, too, is there are so many blogs and so many people. Ross Grady's doing a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff, Triangle Music. Jake Seaton's doing a lot of good stuff. I Absolutely. mean, Betsy. And that's actually kind of rare for uh, 
other cities in North Carolina, I yeah, thought Greensboro would all. have a few things. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it because the music is so good or just the people that are here? What do you think the reason is that people are so passionate, so willing to spread the word about the music scene? Well, I think the music's good. Um, I think we've got actually three kind of distinctive scenes. You know, people, we're all in the triangle, but pe- people in Raleigh, I'm a Raleigh blogger. Mm-hmm. I really am. I focus on Raleigh. I know Betsy does a lot of stuff in Chapel, Chapel Hill. Hill and, and even though we're we're all together, we're also very close in our own little mini scenes. I hate the word scene, but that I mean that's accurate here. And we all know each other. We all support each other. We get excited by it. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. The music's good, and then we all know each other, and we're having fun. Yeah. Well, if you're just now tuning in, I'm talking with Karen Mann, who's known for her blog, mansworld.blogspot.com. You have uh, Twitter. You have a Flickr account. I mean, you got everything going for you. you got, And we all have links to all these things once more on the Local Beat Preview blog. Just go to wknc.org slash blog and check out the Local Beat Preview we could check out what we're talking about, Karen Mann's blog and everything. We're going to take a quick break, play some music, come right back, talk a little bit more with you here, Karen, and, and bring in some other guests as well. This is Lake Inferior. The song is called Spiders. And that was like three songs in a row that were just completely out of nowhere. We had uh, Lake Inferior with Spiders, Caltrop with Slice Later, and Max Indian with Ought to Get a Camera. And those were all, I think uh, Lake Inferior was requested by Betsy Harris. And the, the next two were Karen. Right. That was an example of my musical taste. Yeah. All over the map. We, well, that's, that's perfectly fine. And that's what's great about the triangle is we have all these different kinds of music. And it's all really awesome. Um, but we're going to get to everybody in a minute. But I have to introduce, we, ha- we have a whole crowd in the studio now. I have Brian Reed. He's a, I guess, journalist. Is that what you would consider your profession? Um, Writer? Journalist? Yeah, we, we could talk about that. Okay. But, uh, that works. <laughs> he writes for Shuffle Magazine and the Independent Weekly. We have Lenny Green in. Uh, she's the Divergence editor from the Daily Tar Hill. Uh, I'm going to say that. I'm sorry. I just love it. Yeah, I think you stumbled on that last word. You might want to try that one again. Hell? Not the, not the Tar uh, Hill? Yeah, I mean, Did I get that right? Yeah. Can you say that on the radio? Hell? Yeah. I hope so. Can you say wolf pack on the radio? Uh, oh, that's a dirty word, Brian. Ooh. Don't bring that up. It's a state. <laughs> and Jake Seaton of music.mync.com. I have a couple more questions for Karen, and then I'm going to bring everybody into the discussion. But Karen, we do want to mention um, that you are having a Man's World Hopscotch Party in the middle of the day on September 11th at King's Barricade. Uh, and can you the barricade? <laughs> is it is it is it the barricade? It's barcade. Barcade. Am I, I guess that? I've always called it the barcade. I am an idiot. Man, no one. <laughs> but I like at me the idea of it being a barricade. I'll call it the barricade. <laughs> but we'll start it. Can we start that? Everyone just call it the barricade. So I won't feel like an idiot. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about the bands that are playing? For um, you? Well, uh, Caltrop, who you played a few moments ago, right. is one of the bands. Also have Black Skies, Make and Hog, and they're all. Local heavy bands, heavy metal mm-hmm. in the As middle you, of the afternoon. In the middle of the yeah. afternoon, well, it's they're actually uh, New Raleigh is going to have a show that day. Mm-hmm. Church Key Records is having a show, right. 
And I believe Trekkie Records is having a show. Everyone's sort so, of having their own daytime shows. Yeah, the yeah. Independent has been great about allowing us to do this. And it was something I had thought about sort of in the spirit of South by Southwest. Um, and originally I, yeah. I kind of wanted to do it at the Remedy. And I talked oh, to, wow. yeah, I talked yeah. to Angie at the Remedy and they were into the idea, but we all kind of agreed they've, they've never done that. They don't so have a sound system They, they there. don't. Yeah. So it really, it, it wouldn't quite work there, even though the Remedy is my favorite restaurant downtown. Mine too. And I, I just, anyway. So <laughs> and that'd be I, weird seeing Caltrop, like tearing it It would be, it especially, <laughs> you know, I thought in their, their little back area, it, yeah. actually I thought that would be a perfect spot mm-hmm. for a band. But anyway. I talked to Paul. I know all the guys who own Kings, and I talked to Paul. And he was cool with the idea and just said, I'd like to do this uh, on Saturday because I have the day off from work. Yeah. And I contacted some bands, and they all agreed to do it. So now Why did you happen. choose to make this a heavy metal? I mean, we talked about how early you that's your preferred genre, mm-hmm. but why did you decide to, uh, to make it heavy? Well, I wanted all the bands to kind of fit together, and I... I I really wanted Hog on the bill, and I wanted Make, and and those are two newer bands. They're they're newer bands. I wanted bands that were newer, and the other bands really had to fit with them. And Black Skies and Caltrop are two of my longtime favorites, mm-hmm. and I thought this will be great. I've got two new bands that I really like, and I ha- I've never even seen Make. I was out of town last weekend and didn't get to see them over at the Pinhook, but um, I believe they're going to be at the Metal Showcase. I hope they are. I believe they're going to be there at um, the Reservoir next week, yeah. which I'm planning to go to. And the, the name of that, Ragnarok. Anyway, it's a two-day metal showcase that's happening soon at Reservoir. Uh, anyway, so that's I wanted all the bands to fit together, and I wanted them to be bands I like. Yeah. As, how much drinking will there be from at 1 p.m.? Oh, my God. Well, I'm actually – I will probably stay sober because <laughs> I don't want to have to go home and take a nap um, yeah. and, and miss Public Enemy, you know, <laughs> Are you emceeing? Is are you going to be in charge over there? Uh, I guess we'll make you. I'm just planning. Well, I'll be there, and I I don't know if I'll be introducing the bands or or not. But you know, well, you should. Well, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But we'll be we'll be having fun. I don't know how much drinking everyone else will be doing, but I will be sober. Okay, well, maybe one o'clock might be a little early for me, especially because Friday night is also hopscotch and. I'll try to stay sober throughout that <laughs> that whole weekend, but it might be difficult. Oh, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, once more, that's at Kings uh, on September 11th at 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Hog, Black Skies, Caltrop, and Make. And that's for the Man's World Hopscotch Afternoon Music Party. Or whatever you want to call yep. it, I would say. I've been calling it a day party. Yeah. A day party. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, I want to bring everyone else into the conversation now. And, and Jake and Lenny, you're going to have to share a microphone over there, and I apologize for that. I think we can handle it. <laughs> right. Um. This is fun. I, I'm glad I got everyone in here. I want to talk a little bit sort of about the local music scene and the different aspects of it. And I'll start off just throwing out some basic questions here, and we'll, and we'll run with it. What do you think about that? Is that cool? Sounds good. All right. Let me throw this. What is your favorite venue? Where do you like to see music the most in the area? Well, everybody's looking at me, so I'll start. <laughs> um, Brian Reed, everybody. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really... I don't really know. Um, I've been going to the nightlight a lot, but it's really about where the bands I want to see are playing. Um, there have been a lot of really great punk and hardcore shows at the Berkeley Cafe, um, and there's going to be another fantastic one there at Hopscotch, featuring a band whose name I can't say over the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, Berkeley's going to be hosting, I think, the best shows yeah. of the whole Hopscotch. Yeah, it's a, a, I mean... 
all the venues for the most part sound good. Um, I tend to prefer shows where there isn't much of a stage. Um, and the nightlight's like, perfect for that. Yeah, I really like to be on eye level and sort of not feel like there's a division. I don't want to watch somebody stand in place and play. I want to see right. something happen. So, Karen, what about you? Where do you like to watch music the most? Um, my favorite place around here for watching bands is Poor House because Jack Kane is a genius oh, sound yes. man. He really is. He, really he can make is. any band sound good. And he has... He's really worked wonders on some bands, but uh, I think it's overall it's a good venue. I, I like having a band a little bit higher up, and if I get tired of being smashed with a bunch of people down at the bottom, I can go up top and yeah. look down on them. They've you know since Kings is closed, they've done a really good job of picking up them and Tiernanog of picking up definitely and really hosting a lot of bands in Raleigh. And Tiernanog is you know a lot of people wouldn't really consider Tiernanog. To be like the place where local music's at, but they redid their sound system and it sounds great there. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you see a show there, it's going to sound really good. Yeah. And I don't know, I love Tiernanog. It's it's a different place to see music. So, but anyone who knows me knows I hang out at Slims all the time. Yeah, I'm there constantly. Yeah, and that's an eye level place for you, Brian. It is. Yeah, Lenny, where do you like to go? I'm thinking it's a tie, honestly. Um, I've got some major Durham allegiance, so. Penhook is one of my favorites, yeah. just for the, I mean, the atmosphere there is so fantastic. And then um, 506 is just so consistent in terms of the quality of acts that Glenn books that, um, I don't know, yeah, it's a toss-up between those yeah. two, but they're both so great. It's so hard to choose, isn't it? Yeah, this is a really unfair question. Yeah, I'm still, I mean, that's why I asked, right? Yeah. I, fi- I feel like every time you're trying to pick what show to go to, it's like a little miniature Sophie's Choice. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to put it, yeah. Jake, jump on in the conversation here. Uh, grab to, grab uh, that microphone and pull it around for you. Can you hear me? Got yes. Um, I, would, I think I'd have to, to echo Karen's sentiment. Uh, I really, really enjoy the Poor House. Uh, Jack is amazing. Um, I remember when I was a freshman at State, uh, going to see shows at, at uh, going to see shows over at the brewery, and uh, you know, being impressed with Jack there. And uh, so naturally, I, I followed him to the poorhouse. But I also love Tiernanog. Um, I'm not trying to suck up, but local beer, local band. You know, that's that's so awesome. <laughs> it's really great. And, uh, you know, I'm always running into friends there. It's yep. it's great. And it's packed every Thursday. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an awesome. It doesn't matter who's playing. Gathering. It is just yeah. packed there. It's, it's it's awesome. What has happened to the brewery? I mean, it is. Uh, I live right across the street from it. I live two steps away from the brewery, and man, I can't go to any shows there. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to knock it down, but. I mean, what do you think? What do you, you think happened there? You know, I don't know the inner workings of it. Maybe Karen does better than I do. Uh, but I think that they changed owners and the, the uh, booking changed a little bit. Yeah. And um, you know, I uh, I was born in the '80s, but pretty much grew up in the '90s and listened to a lot of really, really bad uh, music <laughs> back then. And um, you know, I enjoyed seeing some of those bad bands at at the brewery yeah. back in the beginning <laughs> of the millennium. Um, but recently, you know, I, I'm not attracted to it either. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, you know. And, and it's nothing, I, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody's musical taste, but it's not what I prefer. Right. And it's, they definitely don't book local bands. They're, they do a touring acts. They do with, occasionally. and, and the, But they do, they're really bad, as far as I can tell, about um, getting the word out about promotion. the Promotion. Mm-hmm. But every time I've gone, and I have gone a couple of times, it's packed. Yeah. I don't know who they're advertising There's always a to. crowd outside yeah. the door. Always. I mean, that's not my taste, I, I would say. Now, Ninth Wonder has kind of made that his home. He's always asking it's his uh, It's Wonderful World right. uh, music showcases there, which you know are all great hip-hop artists. That's so. true. 
Um, and I think that even when I was in college at State, it, it was a pretty strong hip-hop venue. Uh, the H2O hip-hop organization that used to be here, they used to have uh, b-boy battles and stuff at the brewery. Yeah. So. Well, cool. If, if you're just now tuning in, I got a who's who of, of local music documentaries. I, I don't know what to call the people in here, but these are all people that are involved in the local music scene, uh, whether it be blogging, photography, journalism, um, pretty much you name it, they're here. I have Karen Mann of mansworld.blogspot.com. I've got Brian Reed, who writes for Shuffle Magazine and the Independent Weekly, Lenny Green of Diversions at the Daily Tar Hill, and Jake Seaton at musicmind.myinc.com. I'm sorry, Lenny. I, it is, it's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> State. Uh, <laughs> um, so we, what about new music in the area? How do you guys find new music? Do you guys go out and research it? I know bands are always sending you stuff, but how much do you go out and search for bands? Well, when um, when I was first starting at Diversions, and um, the first couple of years, people didn't really know we were doing it yet. So there was a lot of trawling the internet and going out every night and just trying to shake hands and, and get the word out so people would start sending stuff. But at this point, you know, I think before too long, you start to see a lot of familiar faces, and then you all start to say, you know, what's going on, and then suddenly you've heard of everybody's friends, new band and when records are coming out and, and yeah, it doesn't hurt when people send it to you in the mail. Yeah. It's definitely a lot easier when you get that, you know? Yeah. Perks. Yeah. <laughs> the best kind of tips that I've gotten, and I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but just knowing folks in the local music scene. I mean, I like to get my writers to go out and just network as much as mm -hmm. possible and talk to people because people like Betsy Harris, I mean, she is, at every show, yes, knows everyone, mm -hmm. knows everything that's going on. And when you go up to a person like her and she tells you, you know, five things that you should have already known, but you don't, <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. you know? And you don't, you really don't get as many emails as, I don't know, as, as things that are going on. So it's really nice to have the community around here to kind of bolster these shows and artists and yeah. get the word out. I think that's really important. Jake, you do uh, My Music Died in C. You're, uh, you're sort of the main mastermind behind that website are you not yeah i uh i started it uh when i first started working at nbc 17 and um it's kind of been my my yeah. baby ever since now you i i've always noticed that you i i found a lot of bands through you i'm not gonna lie and you also do a lot of bands that don't play out a lot bands that no one really knows about um boy lion is a good example mm -hmm. you did some stuff with him where do you find these, these um like lenny said it's it's networking it's meeting people um, I actually, I can't remember how I, I found, uh, Hunter from the tour, from, from tourist mm -hmm. and, um, but through him, I found boy Lion. Yeah. So, you know, these bands kind of introduce me to, you know, they'll come on my show and they say, Hey, I've got this friend that also plays. I'm like, cool. So give them my email address. I'll get an email. They'll send me my, the album and I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also noteworthy that this area's got uh, awesome local, locally run labels, uh, Church Key, Trekkie, uh, Odessa. I mean, the list continues. Holidays for Quince is a good one. Yeah, yeah. and you you know you hear one band on that record label, and you kind of want to check out what else they have, and uh, so it's just you know it's exponential. You know, you start with one, and suddenly you have fifty. It's a great point. So definitely. And also Facebook, I try to like every local band I can because then they will. Somebody in the band will right. make an announcement. Oh, we're recording. I might email them. Okay, what yeah. what's up? Can I get a copy of this? Yeah, it's funny that 
I personally find a lot of bands through Reverb Nation. That's where I, I, I'm on Reverb Nation all the time. Uh, MySpace, too. No one uses MySpace anymore, <laughs> but you know what? It's, I find it's a better lot for bands. Exactly. There's a, I really there's a find a lot of bands. My yeah, I yeah. keep it alive just for the bands. <laughs> I find a lot of bands on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I could email a band, send them emails, you know, Facebook messages or whatever, and they won't ever respond. But I send them a MySpace message, <laughs> and I'll get a response in like five <laughs> minutes. I don't know why that is, but, uh, but bands really do you know, focus a lot on, on MySpace and Reverb Nation, mm-hmm. websites like that. And I guess Facebook is starting to come around more so. Uh, I think bands are hesitant, though, to, to get on Facebook. Facebook's, I know when my old band put our stuff, we we were able to put it on MySpace with no problem. I don't know if this has changed, but when we created a Facebook page, they wanted a credit card. And I just, I didn't want to give them my credit right. card number. I don't know if that's what's causing it. I don't know. I've heard complaints from bands about Facebook and that, when you put music on Facebook, they then can do whatever they want with that music. That, I and I think that makes too. bands very uncomfortable. And Facebook is notorious for privacy mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. Well, I think, too, Facebook just doesn't have the functionality for music that a lot of the other sites do. I mean, Facebook is so focused on friends. Networking. Yeah. Well, but even, I mean, even to use it in a business sense, um, I, I do marketing during the days and... and um, you know, even in a business sense, it's weird because people tend to use Facebook and they keep in touch with friends and family and, you know, they kind of like whatever floats up that their friends like. Um, but for a band page, really, a MySpace or a Reverb Nation page is a catch-all. It, you know, you keep your pictures there, you keep your press clippings there, your show schedule, your music, and it's all right there. And, I mean, I remember um, when clubs would, instead of having to send like a, you know, an, an envelope with a CD and a photo and a, right. and a, a big bio. Press kit and All you had to do yeah. was email them a link and say, "This is who we are," and that was kind of huge. And I don't think I don't think Facebook has really captured that element for bands. Yeah. I, think Karen, that, I think that what is it, Bandcamp or whatever. Bandcamp is starting to get bigger. I love Bandcamp. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love being able to listen to an entire album. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I just ordered tapes from a band in Canada off of Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, you've been around in the music scene for quite a while, and technology has really begun showing itself in the music industry. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. we're talking all these websites here, and then there's Twitter, and then there's YouTube. What what have you found has changed the most in the local music scene as far as that sort of technology, websites, internet, uh, big vague picture is concerned? Hmm. What has changed the most? Um. Put you on the spot. Yeah, here. really. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> gosh, uh, I I don't know if anything really has changed. I mean, there there are some bands out there that really are into promoting themselves. What's what has not changed is if I really want to know about a band, then I have to go find them. It's usually the, the ones that I don't think are that good. That I hate to say that, but um, the bands that are really good are the ones that aren't typically going to promote themselves and i don't know why that, that is, is so true you yeah, really yeah, have to go yeah. find them track them down yeah. and they'll say well we we can you know uh, tape our practice and you know yeah. send it to it's you so true. it's there's always a contingent of bands out there that aren't that good but are just great at promoting themselves mm-hmm. and i don't think that's really changed yeah it is kind of a, a strange way that that works out mm-hmm. It's never. Uh, I'm the, glad I'm not the only one that's noticed this. No, it's it's never the mountain goats that knocks on your door at eight in the morning. <laughs> never. And John Darnell, if you want to knock on my door at eight in the morning, I will be totally gracious. 
<laughs> I promise. But it's everybody funny. else, not so much. We we get at the station here dozens of CDs, mm-hmm. and but it's the ones that like we really want that we have to like email yes. someone who has a phone number who has like you know the address of the band. You know, like you have to go through all these, and it's it's crazy. Like it's like bands, really good bands, don't seem to promote themselves, and the the ones that do, I mean not. Not to stereotype, because there are some really good bands that do promote themselves, but uh, a lot of the stuff I get with these huge press kits, um, that's all it is. It's just a big press kit, nothing yeah. more. Well, the one I'm thinking about that happened that happened to me most recently was Tasha Yar. I heard about them. I found them on MySpace, and I thought, oh, my God, this band is great. And trying to get in touch with them, finding out, <laughs> you know, it, getting anything from them, it's, they never re- would respond. Yeah. I talked to some other people. Like, we don't know how Try to get my in touch with them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. I was on MySpace. Oh, okay. Hello. <laughs> you know, please email me. Yeah. And then eventually they kind of did. And, but anyway, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's difficult getting bands on the local beat sometimes. It's like, get on the show. Like, I have mm-hmm. to, like, Jinx Miller. I've been trying to get horseback on the local beat for, like, a year and a half. And he's just like, yeah, I'll email you. And then never does. I'm yelling at you, Jinx. Yeah, you better be listening. Whereas us hams, we're like, get us on the radio, man. <laughs> I'm not in a band, but I'll talk to you. <laughs> talk to you as long as you want. We're yeah. going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. i got some more questions for all these awesome, wonderful people in our area. This is the Tomahawks. The song is Just Like One Another. This is for Karen. Thank you. WKNC, that is Megaphone with Impressions of the Past. Before that was the Whatever Brains with Summer Jammin' and Double Negative with Looking at the Rats. The Tomahawks before that with Just Like One Another. You're listening to The Local Beat, and we are on, boy, it's almost 7 o'clock here. We're flying through the show. And I do want to mention that joining me in studio right now, I have Karen Mann of mansworld.blogspot.com. I have Jake Seaton of music.mync.com. Brian Reed of Shuffle Magazine and the Independent Weekly and Lenny Green of Diversions at the Daily Tar Heel. You gotta Are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy? All right. I broke down. I guess we can be friends now. I guess we can. All, uh, all, um, all that aside, Jake, I want to talk to you a little bit about music.mync.com. Can you tell people a little bit about what you do with that website, what that website offers? Well, the website really has grown since I first kind of conceptualized it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I started working at NBC 17, and uh, I got this idea from Music.MyNC because they had a big empty studio that they used. They used it for really nothing. Right. Uh, once a month, they they filmed a, a health program called Rex on Call. Um, so I went to the management and I said, "Hey, can I start bringing in local bands to play acoustic?" And I was, they were like, oh, "I don't know. There's a TV station." And I was like, "Come on, just let's try it out." Yeah. So brought in Brookswood right before the, his. Uh, his like breakup show at the poorhouse, and um, it was actually pretty successful. We got a lot of live viewers and a lot of uh, hits afterwards. And um, management was like, you know what, this is this that is was the first cool. one. Yeah, very first. Wow, one. I remember that. That and wasn't too long ago. No, it actually wasn't. Yeah. I, we've been around for three. The first show was three, like three a years. year and a half ago, I think. Actually. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Two thousand eight, I think. Wow. Yeah, December two thousand eight. And uh, so then the next band was Chatham County Line, still kind of acoustic. Uh, third band was uh, Annuals, not acoustic at all. Um, and it's kind of blown up since then. Um, but, you know, I host these bands once a week. At the time, it was maybe once a month, once every couple weeks. 
So I kind of had to fill out the content. So uh, I started posting show previews, and um, I don't really review a whole lot, um, but I did go to shows, and, and I shot them, so I would post the, the photos. Uh, so it's really just evolved from me wanting to bring in these local bands and expose people to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Lenny, what about you? You're the uh, brand-new Diversions editor at the Daily Tar Heel. Can you talk about Diversions a little bit? Um, Diversions, I think, is... I don't know. I, I would say it's pretty unique for a college paper. It basically just deals with local music and local arts and entertainment. Um, have to say it's kind of my dream job. I feel like I'm not really sure how I got it, but I'm really happy to have it. And um, had such a blast interacting with local musicians and artists. So it's been pretty yeah. cool. Despite the rivalry, I do enjoy diversions. <laughs> yeah. Great. Always. Glad to hear it. Brian, uh, talk a little bit about what you do. You're, you, you don't know if you're a journalist. I asked you that earlier. Well, I like to think of myself as a professional record nerd. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me to, to really consider writing about bands um, to be the same as writing about the president or writing about um, legislation or things that are of grave societal importance. Um, to me, I mean, it, it is, I think, in a lot of ways, entertainment writing. Um, you know, and that's not to say that there's not a value in it on a individual level or even on a cultural level to sort of document what what's going on. But um, I don't know. I struggle with the term music journalist also because a lot of what I do is is reviewing, which is a subjective form of, of reporting on it. Um, so what you're getting from me is what I hope is an educated and well thought out uh, analysis. But to say that there's no opinion in it is would I mean that right. you can't have it because tastes come into play to a de- at least to a degree. Yeah. And um, and that's one thing is that you I found that I will find myself latching on to certain people that I know that I have similar tastes in. Like Grayson Curran, love the man. He and he writes like some of the best reviews that I can read, but I do not like his taste in music. We, I do you not, I don't get along with his music. You might be surprised about some of the things Grayson Curran gets down to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. We'll have to talk about that off air, I guess. <laughs> oh boy. Karen, what about you? I mean, um, not just, I mean, you run a, your own blog. You're not right. working for a newspaper or anything like that. So you can do whatever you want, but how do you choose like which bands to cover? Um, Basically, if I like them, then I'll write about them, and if I don't, I won't. Yeah, and that's so that's even what if it a, is. even if a band's like really popular and they have a huge following, but you don't care for them, you're not gonna you know do anything nope. with them. Yeah, I love that attitude. I mean, yeah. well, the bad <laughs> thing is, and I'm I'm always jealous of Jake and Grayson and David Minconi because they can write during the day. I'm that's sitting true. at work and you know on Facebook, which I you know I, I do that for work too because we do have a Facebook at work, but. You know, and then I see you know, a great post from somebody, but I can't do yeah. anything because I've I've uh, drawn that line for myself that I will not blog at work. I, it's not worth losing my job over. Absolutely. So I've got to wait until you know, run yeah. home for lunch or something like that. I think there is something nice to be able to to say that, you know, to be your own curator and your own editor to say, I don't like it, so it's not going in there, as opposed to trying to, um, well, either receiving an assignment or trying to assigned to somebody else um i mean it's a lot easier for me to working with shuffle as the assistant editor and and our our definition of local music is a little bit looser since we cover both carolinas um on a statewide level but you know it's hard sometimes um 
to recognize like you know this band is talented they're making contributions and i recognize that it's not my cup of tea or on the same time to say i love this band but i may well be the only one yeah uh and to try to find that balance of what should go in and what mm-hmm. shouldn't and i mean you are the bad guy in a lot of situations i think as a music journalist because you know local labels are working really hard to put something out and local artists are working really hard to put something out and there's a very, very fine line when you know that something needs attention in the press, but you can't torch it. I mean, you can't just blow it to smithereens right. because there totally have been times at the Daily Tar Heel where we've you know, had a local record that you know, I've listened to it, a staff writer listens to it. It's, it's just not working for anyone, right. and there's that choice. Do you cover it or and, and do you And to say how bad leave it, it? you didn't like it, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Do, you, exactly. do you either say nothing or... Tell them how you really feel. Exactly. Right? And, you know, labels will hassle you to cover something and publicists will yeah. be, you know, on your back for weeks on end. And finally, you really have to take a stand and either yeah. say, all right, you asked for it. Here's your one star review. Right. Or and sorry. It, no and press. it really is a burden for us because, I mean, for me, I bands send me music all the time and they, they're like, we would love to come on the show. We would love what you do supporting local music. And I feel an obligation to support all local music, but you know, sometimes telling the band that it's not working for me, I mean, that's tough. It's like the band's like, oh man, like we're never going to get that pub, you know, because if we're not played on KNC, if we're not in Diversions, if we're not in the Independent Weekly, you know, no one's going to know about them. They're not going to get popular. No one's going to listen to them. And the problem is, is because these are people that I see every day. You know, it's like I go to a restaurant and they're there. I go to a show and they're there. Mm-hmm. They know people that I know. It's a tight scene. It's tough. Yeah. It's a burden. You it, know. It's interesting to me though because, I mean, it, it's sort of this one like, great. Uh, it's not really that great, but it's a little bit of a struggle, um, because I feel like if, if all you do is you go around and tell everybody how great they are, then nobody gets any better, and it doesn't really end up doing anybody any favors. You know, I think when bands go out of town having a nice write-up from a local paper is great, but it's even greater if it's legitimate and if it's really good, other people are going to catch on. Even if it's not, people catch on. I mean, I've had stuff that I panned and then got 80-some-odd comments from people telling me that I should resign and, and or be killed. Yeah. So, Was you know, it's... I did not review... <laughs> I did not review uh, that man's record. I've actually... I haven't really listened to Gilbert Neal's music, so I can't uh, express an opinion on it. There are some bands that I get emails from. I reviewed Gilbert one time. He he kind of did yeah. that. I've, ever I, since I've been around here, and I have he nothing just has against a new album Gil- out too, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I have nothing against the man personally, but you know, he kept emailing me, and finally, I I did just that. I gave him a bad review, and yeah. he didn't understand why. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, there have been times where I've told bands, like, "Hey, I'm really sorry, but." I don't think this is going to be worth radio play. I don't think the listeners are going to enjoy it. I personally didn't enjoy it. And they will get really upset and like bombard my inbox for like the next week with like just. It's, it's funny know. though because it, it, one of the reviews that I wrote, I mean, I'd never heard of the guy before I wrote it. I listened to it. I listened to it a bunch of times. I didn't really enjoy listening to it uh, any of those times. And I said so. Um, and I tried to be balanced and I tried to say this is you know, where where it's good and this is where it's not. And 80-some comments later, apparently the guy's already got a fan base and he doesn't even need my validation. So, I, I mean, I kind of don't understand why 
Did you do the Is Little Brother review? Jump on the mic did, there, Did you Jay. do that one? Uh, which? Uh, was it Left Back or was it, no, it Left Back? No, no. Because that uh, one got, even though it was like a good review, there was like one line that people latched on to. That happens a lot. That yes, wasn't me, that but that does lot. happen a lot. And sometimes it's even like, that's not even what I meant by saying that. Like one time, I remember when I was at the Daily Tar Heel, I reviewed uh, an Arctic Monkeys record and I said that I enjoyed it. It was a really good, like sloppy, fun garage rock record. And I got like 20 people emailing me being like, they are so tight live. You have no idea. You, how could you dare yeah. call the Arctic Monkeys a sloppy band? And I was like, because they remind me of throwing beer in the air. Yeah. That's a sloppy act. Well, I mean, one of the things, like we're talking about getting all this feedback. And with Daily Tar Heel, I distinctly remember last year, Jordan Lawrence wrote a piece on the Avett Brothers. And I think it was a column where he didn't like the new record. He said that. That's I kind of sad. Say anything bad about the Avett Brothers? Because I was living in Charlotte at the time, and actually um, uh, ran into <laughs> Dolph Ramser at a show <laughs> the day after that ran. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he came up to me and he said, "Hey, Brian, I guess your uh, your boys up there at the Daily Tar Heel weren't too big on my, on on the Avets this time <laughs> around." <laughs> And I said, well, Dolph, I don't work there anymore. <laughs> well, that's the one time in my memory, at least, that, you know, Diversions got a letter in the letters to the editor section. And I was just like, please, like, let's keep writing these. I love getting these letters because it's one thing when a, publi you know, a publicity person is on your back on email, like, you know, relentlessly shooting you these messages. But it's a whole different thing when you get, when you engage the public. When you put something out like that, I just thought that was yeah. pretty yeah. awesome. So what we should letters. expect from yeah. diversions is a whole bunch of controversial. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're not real journalists. We just want to ruffle your feathers. So. <laughs> well, Ava's fans are probably the most rabid of any, mm -hmm. just about any band I know, much less any local band. Yeah. Do you think I, that's still the case, though? I feel like they're yes. They have <laughs> based on just based on the people I know. There's personally. just more of them now. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, but their fan base has shifted. So it used to be sort of like. Like now they sell out shows like everywhere, yeah. you know, and it's hard for you know, I think their original fan base to. I think locally they get recently they're they they get panned a little bit more locally with their new stuff, um, but I, I think that's because most of us have been around and know. Well, and a lot of us remember them yelling and breaking all their strings. Right. Yeah. And yeah. they're a little bit more professional now. Well, yeah. There's also exactly. a little bit of, oh, well, they've sold out, so I, I can't like them. You know, you might secretly like them. They're, they're, this happens everywhere, but especially around here, once a band does make it, people, it, yeah. Yeah, they abandon, their, their fans abandon them. And they're I don't understand local. that because you're cheering. I, in my opinion, I cheer for bands, I want every band in the area. To just get major publicity all over the country. And then I could be like, look at me, I played that band first. You know what I mean? Uh, but some people, like you said, they'll, they'll just totally just be like, whatever. They, they want it to be their own little thing. Yeah. And once other people, you know, once frat boys like it, well, I can't like it now. Yeah. Snobby. Snobby people. Exactly. Yeah. Do you guys feel an obligation to, I, I mean, here we are, all of us, we promote local music. We play it. We write about it. Um, we have performances on our websites and stuff like that. Do you feel an obligation to all the different bands? I mean, Karen, you do your own thing, mm -hmm. obviously, which is, I envy you for that, <laughs> okay? But what about the rest of you? Do you feel an obligation to, you know, promote all the local bands that you can? Diversions, I mean, do you feel like you have to, even if you don't want to? I feel like that might have been the way that I felt initially, and the more entrenched I've been in the paper, the more I've discovered that it's it's not an obligation. It's 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 a good thing. I mean, I really want to, and I think that 
that's the end goal is to make diversions as diverse and exemplary of what we have here as possible. So, I mean, it started as a tour and it really ended as, I don't know, a privilege, I guess, um, for me at least, because I have discovered, I mean, I think I was very limited when I first started and now I can appreciate things that I certainly wouldn't have when I was not a journalist or a music journalist. So. I think it's good for me to remind myself of, uh, Miles Davis's definitions of music. He said there's two types, there's good and there's bad. <laughs> and, um, you know, to me, I feel like I don't feel an obligation to champion a band because they happen to live within a certain proximity. I just want to share music that I like with people. Um, or if I don't like something to say, yeah, I'm not so big on it. And here's why. And have that discussion. That's what I want. I, I mean, we're just in a really fortunate situation. I think where we have a lot of really great bands around and I think, you know, in some ways it actually makes it kind of difficult because you want to cover those bands and you also want to cover the, the touring acts that come through. But man, I can't even count the number of times I've seen shows in the local bands blew the touring bands out of the water. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and there's usually, honestly, you've got so much content to put in a small section of print that the bad bands, sorry, like you're, yeah, you're not going to get in the true. paper. There's so much good stuff. It's, it's usually not a problem to have to cover something terrible. Thank God for North Carolina music. Unless yeah, you want really. to. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to tear it to smithereens, which is a completely different story. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, uh, come right back, talk a little bit with everyone about the future of the local music scene. This is Spider Bags with Hammer and Nails. A nice long set of local music right there. That was Future Islands with Heart Grows Old. Before that was Gray Young with Across the Loft, Lonnie Walker with Crochet, and Spider Bags with Hammer and Nails. That was four songs, and it was almost like, what, 25 minutes. <laughs> it four was great awesome. songs, though. Yeah, it was awesome, no though, right? <laughs> Joining me in the studio, Karen Mann had to bounce. Uh, but once more, we do want to mention she is having the Man's World uh, Day Party for Hopscatch at King's on September 11th. It starts at 1 p.m., goes to 5 Hog, Black Skies, Caltrop, and Make are all playing. It's going to be a great show. Karen, I want to thank you retroactively for coming in on the show today. But still in with me, I have Jake Seaton of music.mync.com, Brian Reed, a writer for Shuffle Magazine and the Independent Weekly, and Lenny Green, the Diversions Editor at the Daily Tar Hill, still hanging out with me, still talking local music. Uh, we got a lot to, to, to talk about here, and um, I personally don't know a whole lot of bands I've tried, but I don't know a whole lot of bands outside of the Triangle. Um, bands in Boone and Asheville and Wilmington and Charlotte in particular. I don't know a whole lot of bands in Charlotte. Brian, you do Shuffle Magazine, which is a North Carolina-South Carolina joint sort of music magazine. Do you know What, what are some bands that we should all sort of know um, about? Well, it, it's kind of funny because it seems like you, know, you could really plot a pretty awesome tour without leaving North and South Carolina and hit a bunch of cities that have a lot of interesting things going on. Um, you know, I, there's a bunch of bands from all over that I'm fans of. Um, I really like, let's see, from Asheville, I like Wayne Robbins and the Hellsayers a lot. They do sort of a cosmic country thing. Um, they put out a record 
called The Lonesome Sea a number of years ago, and it had this one song on it called Jesus that starts off with this really cool, like, twangy shuffle, and then it just goes into, like, a Yola Tango feedback explosion. And uh, if you, sh- you should look up that song, and if that doesn't sell you, then nothing will. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, too, um, to sort of see where things pop up. There's a lot of really great punk bands in Charlotte, and they're in a really, like, adventurous way, um, where noise rock and, and metal and um, yard work, who's sort of like a little bit like Akron Family or that sort of like group sing sort of jubilation music. Right, yeah. Uh, very, very good live. Yeah, very excellent. Live. Yes. Ecstatic, sort of ecstatic shows. And uh, but I, I want you to send me some Charlotte bands. Well, we I have get, yard work. I, I get so frustrated. I saw, I saw yard work on the shelf here. I didn't even know yard work was... In Charlotte, I thought they were a triangle band. Nope, hmm. nope. Oh, again, but that's idea. what happens when you <laughs> when you leave town. People start to claim you for their own. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, um, and we'll take them. And sure. uh, actually, one of the best shows I saw when I was living in Charlotte was uh, three hardcore bands uh, headlined by Grids. Is a good like Jesus Lizard <laughs> noise rock band out of Charlotte. Um, good guys, great, great, loud, aggressive music, and. Uh, they they put the show on in a photo studio, and between these like fifteen minute hardcore sets, a uh, a free jazz band would play, and it was just sort of like this my like total unexpected, wonderful, very laid back atmosphere occasion, and like that's probably one of the better shows I've been to ever. Um, there's a band from Wilmington I've been digging a lot lately called Museum Mouth. You played you just local played local band Tiernanog. Right. Um, he does a really good like peppy fuzzy mm-hmm. sort of pop punk that isn't probably what you think when you think when you hear the words pop punk um and we'll do greensboro pinche gringo's got to be my favorite yes. band from greensboro holy ghost tent, holy ghost tent revival they're good filthy too bird. Really good. I love filthy, filthy bird is filthy great. bird uh yes. but they moved here so they're yeah. ours now well, I mean, the bronze chorus is from now. greensboro we That's love the true. bronze chorus so see there's yeah. no shortage of great bands right. uh, a few miles down the road yeah uh, any does anyone know any bands from burlington that are worth mentioning. We we talk about Burlington all the time in this show somehow. Burlington's real close. Yeah. <laughs> I every We've time got a steak and shake there, that's really all I, I tell know. you what, do you <laughs> think they could what do you think the chances are we've got people from Burlington listening right now? I know we do. That's why I always like to all talk right, about Well, them. I'm gonna issue a challenge. Burlington bands? I know Jive Mother Mary is the only one I can name. Burlington bands, uh including Jive Mother Mary, come play here more often because yeah. we'd love to have you. And send dive your stuff. And shuffle. Oh, yeah. I personally, I, I mean, maybe y'all disagree, but I personally like Instant Jones from them. I think that they're a pretty good bar band. I haven't heard of that band before. Yeah, they're out of that. They're out of uh, Burlington. Yeah. Um, you got Will Dawson. He lives in Eflin, and I think he kind of mm-hmm. splits his time between uh, Chapel Hill and Burlington, so the Alcazar Hotel. I think right. those guys are a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he was sort of between there. Yeah. He, uh, he plays with Instant Jones quite a bit. At, okay. Uh, what's that? The Grapevine or whatever they think Burlington is out there. I don't. Know. <laughs> we know a lot about Burlington music. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think the point though is, um, what interests me the most is is sort of like how much there is, but also how difficult it seems to be for these really close cities to to cross pollinate together. I think, right. you know, every now and then you see a Charlotte band like Brain Flannel or Grids or Yardwork come up. Yardwork played Trek Fest and. Um, I saw a really great brain flannel show at the Berkeley with double negative and whatever brains and, you know, other bands will go down there, but it seems not as, not as often as I'd like it to be anyway. 
I I've found this is from you know bands sending me music and stuff that Charlotte is sort of almost its own scene down there, and it's completely different from from what we have here. The bands, the music there, is almost its own little entity. They I kind of I kind of get that impression yeah, too. Sometimes they, I feel like they don't mesh all too well with some of the bands we have here. I disagree so? with that as far as I think if you brought bands from Charlotte up here or sent bands from here down there and all things equal, I mean, if if you said they're all the bands at this show tonight are from Athens, Georgia mm-hmm. and sort of pulled one over on everybody, uh, you know, I, I think depending on how you, you put the bill together, you'd have a great show. We've done it down in Charlotte um, with, with Shuffle stuff. And, uh, you know, it we... Uh, you bring in these bands from different towns and everybody goes together like peas and carrots. Yeah. Uh, and then it doesn't happen again hmm. for whatever Maybe reason. Maybe that's just my listening experience of my own. I yeah, no, but it does seem sometimes like Charlotte is... I, I mean, like Pinche Gringo, I mentioned, seems to play here all the time. Yeah. Um, Greensboro's a little closer, I guess, but um, but it, you know, bands like um, Wayne Robbins, we never really see up here. I heard about him one time four years ago because he played local 506 but that was the last time i can remember them making it up here and Mm -hmm. but we have the same thing here we've got a lot of bands that are great bands and everybody here loves them and then they don't venture very far very often and there's a lot of totally legitimate reasons for that so it's really easy to get entrenched in this scene and to kind of get blinders i think especially when that's what you're covering i mean it's our job to know what's going on here um, and I mean, also nationally, obviously there's a, there's a mix of that, but it's kind of hard to, except to have, when you write for shuffle, <laughs> yeah, except when you write for shuffle. but, um, I mean, it's kind of hard to like have your mind in all these different places right. at once and to really be on top of all that. I think it's impossible, honestly, but if, you know, the goal is to, to get there someday. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's nice to still have that sense of discovery though. I think sometimes it's really easy to get into a comfort zone, um, and just sort of, you have your band, so you go see every time they play, and you, you know, you're their big cheerleader and, and total fanboy, and and it's awesome. Uh, and then you never really even think about what you might be missing. Yeah. But Jake, you run a website. It's called music.myc.com. How many bands from there are not triangle based that have, that I've had on the show? Right. Um, <clears throat> not many actually. Uh, see, I. I have a bad habit of like claiming bands <laughs> being from the triangle, you know, like uh, Ear Power. They're not from here, but I claim them as right. a triangle band because they're here all the time. Uh, Future Islands, you know, they lived here for a little while, but they're really from Greenville and mm-hmm. now they live in Baltimore. But I claim them as well, a triangle local. band, yeah. you know, so there's, so there's a lot like of bands. <laughs> but as far as like some that actually live outside here that I've, I've hosted, I mean, I've hosted Instant Jones. Um, other than that. You know, I bring in touring acts, but North yeah. Carolina artists, I haven't had a whole lot. Um, I've had a couple Charlotte bands uh, request to come in, and um, I haven't responded because I've listened to their music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why I challenged Brian. I was like, please send me some Charlotte bands <laughs> so that I have this perception like yeah. removed from my mind because yeah. I just have this really bad view of Charlotte music. Well, that kind of goes back to what Karen was saying earlier where it's, a lot of times the bands that promote the best are not always the ones that you wish would. Right, right. Uh, I I forgot about Jews and Catholics. I mean, they're from Winston-Salem, Winston-Salem. but once again, I, I think of them as a Durham band. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Jews and Catholics have had uh, them and Instant Gen. So I've had a couple, but not many. I, th- I think sometimes people get grandfathered in, like Holidays for Quince released Liza Kate. So it's easy to think of her she's because out of Virginia. it's a great record and right. local label. And then you say, oh, she's from Richmond. I pull I pull a lot Whoops. from Richmond. A lot of the <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of, of, of ties there, uh, especially with um, uh, oh. Davis, uh, Ben Davis, you know, he brings a lot of the Richmond ties in with, you know, like bats and mice and, and those guys. So when do you stop considering a band local? Okay. Because we have, I'm just going to throw a couple out there. Hotel lights. They went to New York city. Um, Nathan Asher went up there. I think he's back, but he's not making music. Um, Brooks Wood is gone. When do you, future islands are in Baltimore? When do you stop considering a band local? Um, I, Will they always be local? That, that's hard for me to answer uh, because I want to say when they start ignoring us completely, but I still call, I still claim Ryan Adams and when it was the last time he was here, you know, he doesn't ever come home. Well, there's reasons for that. Right. There are reasons <laughs> for that. But, you know, I still claim David Carson Daniels, even yeah. though he's out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you've got some if you've got some love for the triangle, I still call you a local. So. Yeah. As long as you come back and play. Yeah, if you come home, yeah. then you're local. See, I don't cons- call it home. It's a yeah. reciprocity kind of. Right. Yeah. I don't consider Ryan Adams local anymore. You don't? No, not at all. Uh, his old stuff, you know, I'll consider local and play it. But his new stuff, I won't. And so just, that's kind of a yeah. strange distinction to exactly. say you're local until this record. And that's the thing. That's, <laughs> it's a tough call to make. But, you know, it's the same as being like, I only like the first three Clash records. So, I mean... It, it, you draw these distinctions, I think a lot of it is sort of... Um, I mean, I still love Ryan Adams. All his new stuff is great, right. but I won't play it on the show. You know? There you go. Uh, it's, I mean, we, uh, for me at least, it's sort of a coverage decision, like how much do you still sort of feel them in, in the region? How much are they still associated with the region? Uh, we just did a big story on Tiff Merritt, um, even though she lives in... She splits her time mostly between New York and France. Right. And you know that's pretty far away. So uh, then, some I think some bands who do live here, I I have a harder time uh, thinking of them as local. I mean, I know John Darnell is is here, but I mm-hmm. have a harder time thinking of him as a local. And uh, Zuzu, is that am I saying that right? Uh, yes, yeah, yes, you Jamie, are. Jamie Stewart, that's mm-hmm. his name, right? Yes. Yeah, he you know he lives in Durham too, but right. I have a hard time considering him a local. Yeah. You know, so there are there's some other bands that live here that. That's you know, true. That's yeah, one around. band I never really thought about being local is Yuzu. Yeah, yeah. See? Interesting. It's kind of weird. I mean, for me, the question of what's a local band is kind of like the question of what does local music sound like in a way. Um, I think those are questions that you have to be dealing with if you're covering any of this, you know? It, it, it's, what does never, local music sound like to you? I have no idea. Just just like I, I guess I couldn't really answer who's local and who's not, you yeah. know? I mean, it's going to be a different definition depending on who you ask. I but, think local um, music sounds like music from any other place. I don't know. I mean, I think that... No, I think a lot of times the place that the music was made plays into how it comes out, but not always. And But I, it sort of goes back to the point that, you know, we wouldn't be pushing local music if there wasn't any good music that happened to be local. But I don't know if it's always just the, the coincidence that it's good and it's local. Sometimes there's an infusion of place. Oh, definitely. I music. mean, I think, you know, it'd be hard for, you know, to go big. I think it'd be hard for a band like the Avid Brothers to have started anywhere else. You know, when you listen to them, even though they're all over the country now, they still kind of sound like 
something you would associate with North Carolina. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's bands that are great and there's bands that are not so great everywhere. So in that sense, I think, you know, where, where it happens to be isn't necessarily, I mean, it's a draw because it's convenient and it's kind of cool to be like, Hey, I have, you know, seen you out and about, and now I'm seeing your band and that's, you get a really unique experience with it. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't any good, then what do you, what do you think it stops our music scene from being like the next big music scene like Seattle was in the early nineties? What stops us from just all the bands just blowing up? Because they, I think they, I think we have a lot of talent bands that can just get big if people just knew who they were. I don't, I think because of the internet, uh, there's not a scene that blows up these days. I mean, there's a lot of really great scenes out there. Like Baltimore is probably my favorite after, after the triangle, you know, Brooklyn, Portland, but I don't think one particular scene is going to blow up anymore. Like, it, it did with Seattle. But and what do we want it to? I mean, the whole deal with Seattle, I feel like it's kind of crazy thinking of these Sonys and, you know, these giant record labels scrambling around little towns like Chapel Hill trying to snatch up the next big thing. I mean, it's weird. I don't, I think that might. Are you jealous? No, uh -huh. I just think that might take this environment a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's so. You have bands moving in. Just genuine. To, yeah. I think, and, you know, yeah. obviously you want the best for all the bands that you care about. Sometimes I think the best isn't necessarily widespread notoriety or fame. You know, sometimes the best thing um, for a band is to do whatever it is that that band wants to do. And if that just means playing every few weekends, you know, at a local watering hole, then bully for them. Yeah. You know, that's great. Um, if they want to go out and just play whenever they have a good opportunity, that's that's great too. And if they do, you know get signed to anti and go on tour with Nico case. Well then, you know, we're, we're proud of you and happy for you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really great when it happens organically and it kind of takes a little bit longer and it's not just everybody getting snatched up and then dropped the next day. You know, you don't really want that boom and bust. It's nice to see things just sort of happen. Consistency. Yeah. At least from my perspective, I'm sure if I was in a band that was trying really, really hard, <laughs> And just not having good luck, I would probably think differently, but I don't know. I think it would be very easy for a label to, like, come in and scoop up, like, the entire Drug Horse Collective. You know, like, every one of those bands is just... I mean, they all play with each other anyway. Right. You know? <laughs> so. Let's talk a little bit about Hopscotch. We're less than a month away now from Hopscotch. And this, I mean, hello, this is awesome. I mean, this is one of the best things that's... I mean, we have Troika, of course, but that's almost more locally based bands. Is Troika out in Durham. Hopscotch, do you think this is going to be something that's going to continue and continue to grow? I mean, we haven't even had the first one yet, and there's so much hype surrounding it. Any thoughts on this festival? I'm kind of curious what the hype cycle is like outside of where we are. I mean, we're so enmeshed in it. You know, obviously, I write for the indie, so, you know, I've been, I've been really excited for... <laughs> half a year, more, eight months. I don't even know. The first time I heard a whisper of it, I got excited. Um, and I'm really excited that you know, they've pulled a lot of interesting and adventurous and different acts. It's not your normal music festival. There really is. They always say there's something for everybody, but normally it's like there's sort of a, there's like a metal band mm -hmm. and there's maybe like probably no free jazz and uh, 
a whole lot of really great rock bands or hip hop acts that people know and like. And I think, you know, to me, Hopscotch is a really great opportunity to, to find something new and something that totally it goes beyond your boundaries, um, just as it is a good opportunity to see Public Enemy. I mean, I, I like that you can't really compare it to any known festival, at least that I'm aware of, because, I mean, you've got your washed out, but then you've also got your cuss word up. I don't know what to say, but, you know, there's this awesome juxtaposition, and there is no token band. I love what yeah. Brian was saying. You don't have the one indie pop band and the public enemy. You know, there's there's a huge, just diverse lineup, and it's, it's not a fun, fun, fun fest. It's not South by Southwest, and it shouldn't be, because... Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill aren't that. We're not Austin. I think we're cooler, personally. Hmm. But, I mean... What are you looking forward to most, most about Hopscotch? Um, this is a really geeky answer, and I'm... I mean, this is every music nerd's fantasy to have this type of festival come to their town. But I think just seeing everyone milling around, just seeing all these faces in one place will be kind of astounding to me. You know, to see the, the Max Indians mixing with the public enemies. I don't know if that actually will happen but i mean i'm excited to cover it i'm just excited to well, be apparently amongst those people public enemy and that band whose name we can't say <laughs> on the air are touring together after this so you know it's already happening this could be the birth of so many great things and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it is cool to sort of see where some of these bands are going um and you know there's dream bills for me um the berkeley with whatever brains and double negative and yeah. harvey milk like that that's worth the price of admission alone for me um, like I literally just get excited talking about this. Like I, I can't even <laughs> sit still right now. It's so exciting. Jake, what do you want to see? Um, I actually get really, really frustrated when I think about it because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so many shows I want to see. Yeah. But at the same time, like like I said, I'm very possessive of local music. So I want to go see all these local bands there. I'm like, well, I can see them exactly. every, a Thursday yeah. at, at Turner or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to Public Enemy because, uh, you know, growing up, I would be in my dad's truck and, uh, you know, I'd be listening to Dylan. I'd be in my mom's car and I'd listen to Eric Clapton. I'd be hanging out with my brother and I'm listening to Body Count and Public Enemy. <laughs> so, like, my early musical uh, memories are with Public Enemy and I'm going to see it. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I, I can't think of anything better. So, it's definitely going to be awesome. And, and in my opinion, this is the best thing that's happened to Raleigh since I've been here five years. So, so I'm look, definitely looking forward to it. We'll have a lot more on the local beat with Hopscotch in the next coming weeks. We only have a couple more minutes left. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the future of the local music scene. I mean, here we all are. We cover it. We um, support it. You know, we share it. What do you, where do you think it's going next? Who's the next big band? What's going to happen to our scene in the future? I think that the commentary on the whole Seattle boom and bust scene situation, I mean, Seattle's obviously going strong, but it's not like it was in the 90s. And... I don't want to make any predictions about triangle music blowing up because I really hope that it doesn't, and I don't think it will. I think it's going to continue to be a consistent place, and I love that. I mean, there certainly might be some acts, like the love language signing to merge, and I mean, it's great pop that I think could easily be really widespread and likable, and, you know, lost in the trees. That could, they could totally get big, but um, I think the future of triangle music is a lot like the present of triangle music, and... If that's the case, then I'll be a really happy reporter, you know? Yeah. I think it's just, it, it's going to continue on its course. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think that we're going to hear a lot more, you know, jangly pop coming out of Arbor Ridge. 
you know, it's it's just going to keep going, keep getting better, and you know, I'm going to continue be to be floored by it. Um, but I also have some like really high hopes for you know certain local bands. Like I, I really want to see Americans in France make it. I think those guys are you know killer. Um, so you know, I hope that in the next year that they blow up. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, until then, you know, we've we're we're really lucky to be here and to it makes our job be immersed in it. Pretty easy, right? I don't know. I frankly, um, I don't know that I. I don't want to say that I don't care because obviously I care a whole lot. But I think, however it goes, you know, we're always going to have the bands that that go beyond. You're always going to have your hometown favorites, and you know, honestly, I think one of the best things about local music, where you, is when you are totally outside of what everybody else is hearing and this is true if it's local music or if you're just into some niche genre you know you have these hidden treasures that are sort of yours and i know that's the fanboy talking when you know in my fantasy world everybody uh somehow makes a living uh playing their music but not by being famous and uh i don't know i mean i'm certainly happy for bands when they find great success but you know, I kind of like having having my bands too. You know, I like being the one. I like being the friend that gets to tell everybody about the stuff they don't know. That's cool to me. And I mean, let's be honest here. All of us sitting here right now are professionals. You know, really, we're nerds. Yeah, we're we're just nerds. We're geeks. Like we're fanboys, fangirls, whatever. And we're, I think there will, for me at least, there will always be those bands when I just get giddy to hear their music. I can't, I can't be a good journalist when I'm listening to certain bands, and I won't take those assignments because it's so exciting and just so, you know, if you're this passionate about music, they're always going to be the hometown heroes that, you know, if they don't get big, that's okay because they're still there for you and they still, that, that's their purpose in a way. Yeah. It's just to be, to be there for these huge fans, I guess. Well, it's sort of like everybody likes Batman, everybody likes Superman. But I think there's something special when you can say, man, my favorite is Ed Brubaker's run on Daredevil. <laughs> and nobody knows what you're talking about, and you have to convince them. Yeah, we're not just music geeks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, it's just you get these things, and they feel special to you. And I don't know that you could really ask for anything better. Yeah. Well, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming on the local beat today. Uh, once more, Brian Reed, he's a journalist for Shuffle Magazine and the Independent Weekly. Lenny Green of Diversions at the Daily Tar Hill is the editor there. Jake Seaton, you're the mastermind behind music.mync.com. I also want to thank Betsy Harris, a local music photographer who came in for the first hour of the show, provided some great insight into what she does. And Karen Mann also of mansworld.blogspot.com. Great to have every single one of you in here. Thank you so much for what you do for the local music scene and making my job a lot easier. Well, and, thanks for having us. Yeah, totally. Thank you so thank you. much. And uh, we're going to get out of here with some Bella Fea by request. And Uncle Paul is coming up next with Friday Night Request Rock. Stay tuned right here on 88.1 WKNC.